This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at EnergeticCity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Welcome to another episode of the show. A little later on, we're going to meet to and talk to Haley Bassett, the executive director of the Peace Liard Regional Arts Council. Uh, she just took over the job in the fall, and uh, there's lots going on with them all the time, including they've got this new thing called the Open Sky Artist in Residence program uh, that they're accepting applications for. So we'll find out more about Haley and, of course, that residence program, which uh, you can apply for today. So more on that a little later on. But first, there was a major discovery, once again, another major discovery, I should say, made near Tumblr Ridge recently, uh, featuring ancient crocodile swim trace evidence. I hope I've got that right. Uh, these crocs sound like they're enormous. They could be the biggest discovered in the piece, for sure, in Canada perhaps even in the world and so to talk a bit about it we're joined now uh, by someone who's been working around tumblr ridge and then at the tumblr ridge museum at the geopark and uh, help discover these uh, swim tracks as i understand it dr charles helm dr helm thank you very much for being here and welcome to moose talks hello it's great to be here all right well why don't we start with this incredible discovery that you helped to make uh, recently, tell me a bit about a bit about what it is exactly you found, or you and the the people involved found. Yeah, uh, it is a team effort, uh, but the main site we've got a, a cliff face which is continually carving uh, rocks and rock slabs and rock blocks due to erosion, freeze thaw, and so on. And so every year we go and check for new evidence, what's come down there. We know that there have been dinosaur tracks there, so we're always looking for more of these. And then uh, I believe it was in 2018, we just realized this is new stuff. There's different stuff here. It looks different. It's not the regular dinosaur tracks. And it took us a little while to put things together and piece it together and realize, wow, this is actually evidence of swimming crocodiles. We kind of knew what to look for because we've had another site which we published on last year, also of crocodile swim traces, but they were much smaller crocodiles, about one to two meters long. But we kind of had our eye in, and so we knew what we were looking for. And all of a sudden, we realized, wow, it's not just that we've got swim traces, it's that these are enormous. And what we can do, we can actually use the the distance between the claw impressions. So these are crocodiles, as they're swimming, they're scraping the muddy bottom of the lake that they're in. They're just scraping the bottom. They're not walking, they're scraping with their claws. Mm -hmm. And they'd leave these long traces, long parallel traces, depending on how many toes and claws register. But we can use the distance between the claws to estimate the length of the crocodile. It's not precise, it's within a meter or so, but it's pretty close. And you know, the, the, the biggest distance we found at one site was 19.5 centimeters between the claws. And that is just enormous. You can imagine that's almost, uh, you know, eight inches long, um, almost a foot long. And the, the, we estimate the crocodile that made that is certainly 
eight to ten meters, maybe as much as twelve meters long. Wow! We also found one one track, an actual uh, crocodile track, which turned out to be um, made by a crocodile that was just under nine meters long. So you know, the swim traces and the the track evidence came together quite nicely. And so the thing is that uh, elsewhere in the world, there's been evidence four or five times since the Triassic 250 million years ago of crocodiles taking on these giant forms. And uh, one of these is in South America, one in Africa, one in Asia, and we have one in North America as well called Danosuchus, which... Um, but the thing is, this Danosuchus only appears in the fossil record at 82 million years ago, and our rocks here are 95 to 97 million years ago. And all the other evidence we have in the world of giant crocodiles is through body fossils, bones, you know, the skull, teeth, whatever. And this is the first time ever in the world that we've got good evidence of crocodile tracks and traces of that size. And it pushes back this notion of giant crocodiles in the Peace region by 13, 15, even more million years, which is really special. And uh, it was just a privilege for me to be part of, I grew up in South Africa, being very familiar with crocodiles, having a great respect for them. And, uh, but, you know, the, the largest crocodiles today are, you know, four, five, maybe six meters long. And so the length here is double um, the, the biggest crocodiles we've got today. And it was just an amazing experience. Very relieved, though, that there are no crocodiles that are going to come in out and attack me when just working with the fossils. Was a 12-meter croc just sounds incredibly intimidating. Wow. Okay. Well, I have several uh, follow-up uh, follow questions for you. Uh, first of all, you mentioned this the tracks. You sort of measured the distance. Is it kind of between the forearms or, or the back legs like this, or is it between like the front and a back leg that you're measuring the distance and then extrapolating? No, we're measuring the distance between the digits. So, you know... Oh, I, I, I see now. Yeah, so like this. Between the paws, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's wow. the distance we're measuring, and that, that is 19.5 centimeters because they scrape the bottom and you get these parallel grooves and you, you measure the distance between the grooves, which is the distance between the claws. So it's not, no, it's not between the front and the back or anything like that. It's actually, <laughs> and the amazing thing is, you know, within those grooves, we get striations, little smaller grooves, which, and this is why these, they're actually called elite traces. They're some of the finest traces that anyone has ever found of this kind, because it actually, it represents the little scales on the bottom of the crocodile foot and toe. We can actually even see how those little tiny scales left a pattern, um, which dragged there. So it's it's incredible preservation. Wow, uh, that's that's just that's absolutely incredible. Uh, I I want to ask this too. You mentioned um, that this was from you figured ninety. Uh, I'm, I, I may get this number ninety five million years ago on the fossil record, and before that, the earliest you'd kind of found was eighty million years ago. So is is this something you think it's something that's already maybe existed or is this like a precursor to what was already that you maybe you already know yeah. about is this like an unnamed new perhaps species or type of crocodile that you've never seen before right yeah so the 82 million year um, north american um giant crocodile called danosuchus um that has never been recorded from canada it's been recorded from the usa and from mexico 
and now we have the, the track evidence. So we don't really know. I mean, it's, it's probably likely that this was a precursor of Danisuchus. I mean, it could, I suppose, be a totally different species of giant crocodile. All we know it's a, is that it's a giant crocodile that made these things. Danisuchus is a giant alligator, which is slightly different from a crocodile, but, you know, close enough. So we, we can't say for sure. You know, we, um, we don't want to speculate more than we need to. All we know, this is a giant crocodilian, and it's 15 million years before there's any evidence in the body fossil record of this kind of thing in North America. And this is certainly the, the first evidence from Canada. The other thing is we have actually four or five sites, and, you know, the closest one to Tumbler Ridge um, is between Tumbler Ridge and Chetwin, but some of the other sites are between Fort St. John and Dawson Creek, between Chetwind and Dawson Creek, and, and so on. So, you know, it's it's really, it's not the... We brought them into the Tumbler Ridge Museum, the, these traces, and that's where they are housed, and that's where, where we'll exhibit them. But this is really something for the entire Peace Region to celebrate, because some of these other... The sites are dotted all through the Peace Region. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to ask this. You mentioned the cliff face, kind of where you checked, uh, you keep checking, and you found, you happen to find these traces there. Um, is uh, Just out of curiosity, is this like an easily accessible cliff face, or do you have to climb down to have a look at it? Like, how, how labor-intensive is it to find these in the first place and keep checking it every year, as you say? It's actually a very accessible site, the, the main site, but one, one's got to be careful there because... Just as these rocks keep on carving down and coming down, tumbling down from the cliff, you don't want that to happen when you're there. Uh-huh. And so you've got to be pretty careful. And uh, you know, we always wear hard hats, etc., um, because you know you can almost think of it as an industrial site where you've got to take proper precautions. But no, it's it's very accessible, and that is why you know we're always concerned about the possibility of vandalism, etc. But we actually managed to bring the main um, track-bearing, trace-bearing rocks, these massive blocks, um, in the fall of 2020, we actually managed to bring them into the museum thanks to a very kind donation from the Prairie Crane. Mm -hmm. Use their crane equipment to bring these four massive blocks in, and that's why we now have them in the museum, and we hopefully will be putting them on exhibit sometime soon. Very cool. Uh, You also touched on this, too, I I had to ask. um, Something like this... Was it a complete surprise that it was there, or did you have an inkling that you might find something like this, and maybe the scale of it was just really surprising? Or was there sort of hints in the previous sort of things that you'd found in the area, in the Peace Region, whatever it has to be, that might say, we might find something like this one day, uh, depending on, you know, as you say, when the rocks come down in certain sites? Right. So... You know, people think now of Tumblr Ridge and the Peace Region as this dinosaur heaven uh, where we find all these dinosaur tracks. But we've been aware for a while that we get crocodiles as well and, and crocodile tracks and so and, and swim traces. So the fact that there are crocodiles here, that was not a surprise. We're finding more croc tracks you know, and traces every year, really. But it's, it's the size. Uh, we were not expecting that size. That was completely unexpected. And in fact, the first time you find one of these, you actually almost don't want to believe it. You think, no, surely it's something else. Surely it, it can't be. It can't be. And then over time, you find another site and then another one and another one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we do have giant crocs here. Now it's our obligation to try and report this, you know, 
scientifically and sensibly and get the media releases out because this is a global first for the, the peace region and it's important to get the word out there. It's something, as I see it, that every resident of the peace region can really be proud of, uh, to say nothing of BC and Canada. I mean, this is a global first. Wonderful. Well, we've only got about a minute left, so I want to ask uh, this one before we go. Um, it, when you find something like this, first of all, it's fascinating. Uh, you know, when you are able to put it on display, kids, adults alike can come see this and say, oh, that's very cool. And it's it's just sort of a, a neat, fascinating thing to find. What do you think the larger sort of significance of this is? What does it tell us, if anything, even, uh, you know, about... Uh, the, the geology of the area or of, of the kind of the peace region or even if, if at all possible about ourselves? Do you think there's something larger or is it just super fascinating to find these things? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. These things all, you know, we've got to know where we came from to know where we're heading. And it, it, it tells us about climate. And, you know, this was close to the Arctic Circle at that time. That's where wow. uh, we sat at that time. Um, so there are all sorts of implications. And this was a delta, um, incredibly flat, you know, as flat as you can imagine, and about 100 kilometers inland from the sea. There are all sorts of things we can tell. And there were ankylosaurs and other ornithopods and other dinosaurs walking in the same area. And everyone thinks dinosaurs are cool. Crocs are really cool. And these crocs must have been the top predators, the apex predators of their day. So... When I think now of those days, I think of dinosaurs, but I think of crocs. Fascinating. Well, uh, Dr. Helm, I'm really grateful you took a few minutes to chat with us about this. Uh, it's been a real delight for me, and uh, I, th I hope we hear more about this and that you're able to find even more evidence and maybe we'll have a name for this, uh, this giant crocodile uh, the next time you come on. Thank you so much, Dr. Helm. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. You're very welcome. That's Dr. Charles Helm with the uh, Tumblr Ridge Museum. We'll be right back to catch up with the executive director of the Peace Liard, uh, pardon me, the Peace Liard Regional Arts Council, uh, Haley Bassett, right after this on Moose Talks. In the oil field industry, things get dirty. And I mean real dirty. But at Soap City Cleaning, they'll take care of all your dirty problems. Soap City Cleaning provides industrial rags and wipes to oil field companies in the North Peace region, along with cleaning of coveralls, gloves, and any other oil field attire. They offer pickup and delivery on a regular basis, plus efficient turnaround times for even the busiest rigs around. There's nothing too big, too small, or too dirty for Soap City Cleaning. See them on 95th Ave or check them out online on Facebook. BJV Dawson Creek Auctions invites you to their bread, cow, and heifer sale this Saturday, March 19th, 11 a.m. at VJV Dawson Creek. Featuring 42 black and black brockle face heifers from Mile Wise, bread to Lewis Farms black Angus bulls, and 20 cows from Stan Bowsey, bread to black Angus bulls, and more. Live and online bidding available. Concession will be open. Go to VJVAuction.com or call your field rep for more information. We're doing it again. You get to decide who wins better the month. With so many cute submissions, it's going to be a rough one. Head on over to angeliccity.ca slash contest to vote and make sure to share with family and friends your favorite pet. The winner will not only receive the title, but $100 credit to North Peace Veterinary Clinic. Here we see the Canadian moose preparing to hibernate for the winter. This massive creature will soon take shelter within the trees too. 
Moose don't hibernate, and neither do we. The Backcountry Winter Cruiser will be out in the community all winter long. We'll be busy roaming around the Peace Region this winter, checking out local events, fundraisers, and much more. Do you have an event you want us to check out? Email us at cruiser at moosefm.ca. The Backcountry Winter Cruiser. Powered by the North Peace Leisure Pool, Magmar Maintenance, Home Hardware, Micro Consulting Sales and Service, and Mechanics staffing services. When you have information about a crime, you may hesitate to come forward. You don't have to. You can still give information without revealing your identity. Crime Stoppers tips are helping police track down criminals by harnessing the power of the electronic age. Go to crimestoppersfsj.ca and click on web tips to submit a tip online. To continue to submit information on that crime, just type your optional password, linking your follow-up information to your original info. Crime Stoppers does not trace the origin of the tip. Crime Stoppers, a community working together to help police solve crime. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to the program. Well, the Peace Liard Regional Arts Council is one of many arts councils in our region. Uh, they work with the Fort St. John Arts Council, for example, and others, the one in Dawson Creek and whatnot, and they do a lot of cool programs. So to talk about that and the new uh, job that uh, is ahead of her, we're joined now by the Executive Director, Haley Bassett from the Peace Liard Regional Arts Council. Haley, thank you so much for being on Moose Talks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we got a bit of a delay, but uh, we'll work through it there. Uh, so I thought we'd uh, talk a bit about you, uh, first of all, and kind of where you came from. How did you come to be the executive director of the Arts Council? Uh, what's kind of your experience? Uh, well, I was born and raised here. Um, and I finished my art degree in Vancouver and came back in 2020. Um, I've been working in community arts with the Dawson Creek Art Gallery since 2018. Um, I've also been on the board of the Regional Arts Council since 2018. So I've kind of been in this, this circle for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of a natural evolution that when uh, Donna Kane was moving on, this could be the next sort of thing for you then. And you're like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> For sure. I definitely had my eye on this position. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that brings me to my next question. What about this job appealed to you specifically, as you said, given kind of the experience you had? What did you see that you could do in this job that was maybe different than what you kind of already were doing previously? Well, it's funny. My previous work with the Dawson Creek Art Gallery is very similar to what it's to what I'm doing now. Um, I, I've kind of noticed there are specific barriers to the arts in the peace region that you might not find elsewhere. And that's sort of my interest and focus. Um, like the fact that we are so far, um, north and so separated, uh, geographically from the rest of the province, really. And that has a lot of different ramifications. <laughs> Yeah, so those are things I'm I'm hoping to alleviate for this position. I have to ask too, um, just to kind of out of curiosity, what, how do you kind of work with uh, the other arts councils in the region? Is it your sort of not to put it in a hierarchy, but you're kind of above them, and you sort of you help kind of make everyone work together, or is it just sort of another level or another sort of iteration that you can help others who are maybe interacting with those art councils to do things as well? 
You know, it's funny. I've been asking myself the same question since I came on board. Um, I was wondering what the purpose of a regional arts council is compared to a local arts council. Um, I wouldn't say I'm above, but because I have connections with everyone, I'm sort of, I, I feel like I'm well like well positioned to be a connector and a hub for local arts organizations and other partner organizations. Um, I also think because we're regionally based, um, we're in a position where we can have regional events and programs um, that sort of like aggregate uh, the cultural of the region. Um, so one of those things that we already do is uh, the regional uh, exhibition, which is now called, now called Open Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, things like that. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. Well, that was going to be my next question. You've got this artist in residence program. You're, uh, I believe, accepting applications for it uh, right now. Can you tell us a bit about Open Sky and, and, and what it is and who you're kind of looking for to, to be the artist in residence? Well, so the residency kind of supplements the art exhibition. So I feel like I should start with the art exhibition. Sure. Um, So previously it was called the Regional Juried Art Exhibition. We changed it to Open Sky Piece of the Art Regional Art Exhibition um, because we wanted to communicate an openness and opportunity uh, for for the artists in the region. And there's no theme to this exhibition, so you can um, submit any medium, exploring any theme um, that you want. It's open to any artist residing in the Peace region or uh, affiliated with a local arts organization. And yeah, so the the residency, um, you know, it's it's funny. <laughs> We're looking for an artist to um, work in the exhibition space. So they'll be, they'll they'll have a small pop-up studio and they will, you know, have this dedicated like three weeks to work. They'll be paid three grand um, for this position. Um, They'll also have to interact with visitors um, and they'll get, you know, um, quite a bit of exposure to, you know, from people coming in and learning about their work and stuff like that. Okay. And I, I, I think you said this, I just want to be sure you kind of, there wasn't a specific medium of artist you're looking for necessarily. It could be painter, sculptor, that sort of thing, eh? It could. The only consideration is we don't want anything too messy or dusty because it's also an, an exhibition space. Okay. So no, um, you know, <laughs> limitations necessarily on medium but um we need to keep that in, in mind so okay well that's good to know uh, when uh, you're as i said you're accepting applications now when uh do people who are maybe listening now who are like oh i'll, I'll apply for that when do they need to have uh, have done that by when's the deadline march 31st and you can find more information on our website which is peacefullyartarts.org or you can email me at ed at peacefullyartarts.org. Okay, very cool. And we've got just about a minute left, so I also wanted to ask uh, if you can tell us about some other projects you're kind of working on uh, that we might be seeing later in the spring or or even in the fall. Is there something you you come in and you're like, this is going to be brand new, I'm going to do this. What 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 do you think that is? What's, what's the big one you got coming out that you can tell us about? <laughs> 
Oh, well, uh, nothing is approved yet. So this is all pending approval of the board, but I do sure. want to get the word out. <laughs> um, so I, I mentioned before there are specific barriers to arts in this region, and I want to, you know, have a program that focuses on that. Um, one thing we're looking at building digital capacity for local organizations because that's become so important uh, since COVID. And I mean, a lot of some of the organizations when the pandemic sort of just um, shut down because they didn't have the skills to new digital technologies that were coming out. And um, I'm looking at acquiring funding to build websites and host workshops just to, um, you know, build that digital skill set. Very cool. Well, Haley, we're really grateful you took a few minutes to chat with us today and uh, bared with us uh, with this, some of the technical difficulties of the internet in the peace region. But thank you so much for taking a few minutes to chat with us on Moose Talks today. Thanks so much for having me. You're very welcome. That's Haley Bassett, the Executive Director of the Peace Liard Regional Arts Council. We'll be right back to wrap things up right after this on Moose Talks. Your family, they're your whole world. You do whatever it takes to keep them safe, warm, happy, and healthy. At Marsh and Sons, they feel the same. After all, they've built their entire business on family. For 50 years, they've been fixing hot water tanks, unclogging pipes, and repairing furnaces in the Peace River region for families just like yours. If it's a plumbing, heating, gas fitting, or mechanical issue, let the Marsh family help your family. Marsh and Sons, furnace repairs and more in Fort St. John. See martiansons.ca what if they told you that up to 80% of your debt can be forgiven? No more borrowing, no more accumulating interest, and only a single monthly payment. Contact the local debt experts at Beverly & Associates to see if a consumer proposal is right for you. They offer free debt advice without obligation or judgment, whether it's in person or from the comfort and privacy of your home. Visit DebtHelpBC.com for more information. Contact the licensed and solvency trustees at Beverly & Associates to see if a consumer proposal is right for you. It's time to get a new smartphone with Bell. Visit your local Bell store at 7920 Alaska Road in Fort St. John. Get any phone for $0 down with Bell Smart Pay. Pay over 24 months with 0% APR and an eligible two-year plan. Plus, get access to Canada's best national network, a network that will let you do all of the things you love at amazingly fast speeds. Additional charges apply. See bell.ca forward slash networks for details. For expert advice, visit your local Bell store at 7920 Alaska Road in Fort St. John today. Inventory and shipment delays have wreaked havoc on home pricing throughout Alberta. It's affected everything, everything except Jandell Homes. Jandell Homes have 60 price-protected homes available right now for spring delivery. 60 brand new homes with 100% price protection. There's no risk of a price increase before delivery, and you will move in this spring. Take the uncertainty out of your new home purchase. Buy today with Jandell Homes. Come see the difference at jandellhomes.com. Here we see the Canadian moose preparing to hibernate for the winter. This massive creature will soon take shelter within the trees, too. Wait a minute. 
Moose don't hibernate, and neither do we. The Backcountry Winter Cruiser will be out in the community all winter long. We'll be busy roaming around the Peace Region this winter, checking out local events, fundraisers, and much more. Do you have an event you want us to check out? Email us at cruiser at moosefm.ca. The Backcountry Winter Cruiser. Powered by the North Peace Leisure Pool, Magmar Maintenance, Home Hardware, Micro Consulting Service and Service, and Mechanic Staffing Services. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Our thanks to our guests today, Dr. Charles Helm and Haley Bassett, for joining us. Check out energeticcity.ca slash podcast right now to hear some excellent locally produced podcasts, including previous episodes of this show. You can also check out a brand new episode of Before the Peace featuring an interview with Chief Roland Wilson of the West Moberly First Nation. He is one of the leading advocates for caribou recovery. He sits on several boards and councils and has been actively involved in court cases pertaining to Indigenous and Treaty 8 rights. Hosts Jenna Moreland and Trey Lapashinsky sit down for a good chat with him. Again, that podcast available now, along with other podcasts, over at energeticcity.ca slash podcast. Well, that's the show for this time. Trey Lapashinsky is the producer of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. Tickets, tickets, tickets. We've got tickets to Monster Madness at the Oventive Event Center Saturday, May 14th. Listen for your cue to call and give us your best monster truck announcer voice to win two tickets to Monster Madness at the Oventive Event Center Saturday, May 14th. Tickets on sale now at TigerBoxOfficePlus.ca. Presented by Peace Country Toyota. Energetic Country. 100.1 News Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.